0: the bitterfly podcast knowledge is food bitches eat up hey everyone welcome to the Butterfly podcast today i'm talking to my dope-ass cousin matt mcdonald he's a screenwriter you can find him on the ig stl.matt because he is from st louis and now he lives in la welcome matt
1: thanks emily so happy to be here
0: yeah i'm stoked you're on um you are my film industry insider um you just wrote and sold a screenplay and um i just want to ask how the fuck did you get into this what sparked your interest
1: um i guess it started in college uh i initially went to school for like International relations and I thought I wanted to be some sort of like diplomat or politician (laughs) or something And then I got Two years into school and I was unhappy with that What looked like that path to me and kind of realizing it with I don't know what I was thinking when I started going down that road And so I was like What do I like to do in? life like when I'm just like in my free time and like no nah, 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 nah. and it was photography at the time uh, but my school didn't have a photography program uh, but they had film and I was like films like similar enough to photography and all my friends who are in it seem happy and I like movies so yeah. I went into the film program and then kind of finished with that degree and then like was like okay let's keep going and then after graduating i moved to new york and started kind of like working in like short online video world did a, a variety of jobs out there, like freelance, and also working at an institution.
0: And um, how did you find connections in New York for this shit? You know, you get out of college and you have no experience. Like, how did you get your first job in film?
1: I moved out there, and good question. I mean, I, I had done an internship in college, and so I at a production company actually in L.A. And um I literally like emailed every uh director that was on it was like a commercial production company. I emailed like every director on that roster saying like, hey, I just graduated, I'm like hungry and young and like (laughs) to do anything and like I would just like love to like work for you for free or like whatever. And I ended up uh, kind of like one of my first like gigs in the film industry in New York was like working for this director, Poppy De Villeneuve, um, who's like still a dear friend and um, kind of like assisting for her in like whatever way I could as like a young, like 23 year old, not knowing anything guy. So
0: you're working for free? It's like
1: for, for her I was yeah I had I had like a couple jobs I like did catering when I first moved to New York to like make money and I had a um internship that paid like a thousand dollars a month and then kind of like in the cracks mm. and corners I would uh work for Poppy and and then that was like my onset film experience and just having that connection with her was really helpful and then it kind of just you start meeting people from there and it's just you know also like i moved there with two of my best friends who were kind of not in the exact same world but similar fields and we were all like you know meeting other young creatives and um, you know, so kind of through word of mouth, you hear about things. It's just like throwing yourself out there, sending lots of like weird, random, cold emails <laughs> that you just like admire and just being genuine, like, hey, I like what you do. And like, I would love to work for you, like, you know, in any way and learn from you in any way that I can or like just get coffee. Like I would like get coffee with directors that I like that I literally have no personal connection to. Um, and then, so yeah, I was, I, you know, was in New York for like five years and found myself like with this staff job at the wall street journal, like making kind of like 10 minute documentaries for their website, which was like a really fun gig, but I was kind of, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm like kind of either like really going to commit to this, like online video, more like journalism world uh, than I had like originally envisioned or I need to like make this leap now like to really go for the kind of like you know movie making career that I Big had- Big
0: dreams, yeah. Yeah,
1: Hollywood lights, camera action that I had like always kind of had in the back of my head as like the end goal. So then that was like two years ago, I made that move to LA um, when I got this job assisting for a director. Um, And I worked for him for a year and a half and that was like an extremely um, instructive experience. And I learned a lot about like what it's like to Make film and TV out here at the highest level. And were you
0: getting paid for this job with this I director?
1: Was this was a full-time job. Oh, swag. More, more than full-time. So, like,
0: um, when you say more than full-time, do you mean you were like his or her bitch, or
1: like? I mean, it was, <laughs> did you get
0: coffee as well as help do everything uh, else? Like
1: all <laughs> the above, anything that was needed at the given moment. So from coffee he's british so it was often tea
0: it's tea okay uh
1: peachy tips always um <laughs> with a little bit of honey a little bit of milk um and it, so it would be a cup of tea all the way to like can you do a first pass on like uh this casting document and get it down to like a manageable amount of candidates for me to look at oh wow uh or can you pick my son up from soccer practice <laughs> or uh you know book my flight to blah 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 so it was like literally every day was different every day was a new job uh so- you were like a
0: personal assistant to this dude as well yeah. as like learning everything like it in was everything it was yeah. like
1: literally in his shadow for everything. So,
0: that meant
1: like, you know, like
0: you are giving me Anne Hathaway and Devil Wears Prada vibes with this 100%. story. 100%. <laughs> the, the,
1: the good, the bad, and the ugly, like, very much so. And, yeah, that's just the nature of, like, the gig. I, like, you know, a lot of, not a, everybody, you know, but there's a, a lot of people, my peers are, go through a similar, uh stage like out here kind of on their path like whether you're an agent or you know a a director like just um you kind of gotta like eat a little shit when you first move to LA it seems and then you kind of like you slowly start climbing that ladder once you you have your connections and you've like put your time in a little bit but also like at the end of the day just comes back to the work like when, when once the work gets to a certain level then that
0: did you get get to touch any like notable films or like anything that you can talk about like with that experience with this um
1: we worked on i'm not exactly sure how much i'm allowed to mention but like we worked on like a tv show a site large sci-fi tv show that's forthcoming for apple tv oh um okay so that'll be coming out i think next definitely supposed to be next year but covid like shut down filming yeah but i think they've resumed we just did the pilot oh okay so um but yeah that was an amazing experience like lived in europe for half half of last year and like insane really really cool experience
0: holy shit we're in europe That's cool. It was like
1: oddly like the studios we filmed in were in Ireland. uh, In this really random town on the west side called Limerick. Like the fourth largest city in Ireland.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: And then, so that was like, I was probably like four months. And then we did like exteriors. So it's all indoor, right? And then we did like exteriors in... Berlin and Iceland, which was like insane. Oh my
0: god, that's super cool.
1: Really cool, like filming on the side of a fucking volcano in in Iceland, and that was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, that sounds like life change, career changing.
1: Yeah, I mean it was exciting, but it's also it's like you know, kind of my job was like uh we're on the side of a glacier and it's freezing and he like wants a hot tea and i'm like (laughs) you know what i mean i gotta like figure out how to make that work like run back to like the production trailer like you know so it's it's, like it's glamorous and fun but it's also like like humbling yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how were you like if you were doing this all-encompassing job with this director how did you start writing on the side like where did you find time to like write your own screenplay that you ultimately just recently got picked up it's
1: hard hard. like um definitely was always writing um you know as like just a, a, a side project but that was part of the move to LA and part of getting this job as like a director's assistant was like it is it is a very demanding gig but like whereas my previous job in New York was like extremely regimented and like very you know nine to five or longer um the director's assistant gig there's just a little bit more of like the wiggle room of like all right I dropped I dropped him off at a meeting and now I'm just like in this parking lot for two hours kind of like <laughs> up to me to figure out like what I want to do at that time yeah uh, and so there's like a, there's just a little bit more like these weird nooks and crannies that come with the unconventional nature of the job where you can find opportunities to write and it's just like, it's literally just about being samurai like and super disciplined. And uh, I mean, for me, it was really hard to like build a, a daily practice of riding, just like because every day looks so different. So, I, you know, a lot of riders are like, I ride every day from, you know, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., but I didn't <laughs> have that like, attendability yeah. that reliability so it was, it was literally like okay uh we left set today at you know 7 p.m so that's like i go back to my hotel and, and and write like for for some time and then just keeping just that hope and dream alive like when you know it's kind of like nobody else is seeing it and uh like it feels like an arts and crafts project that's like why am I putting <laughs> all this time into this like yeah it's like so not real you know yeah like, it's you know.
0: hard to keep doing things especially when like it hasn't yet paid off you know what I mean those like deeply invested projects passion well, projects
1: nice for you because you can like do the do a podcast and then it comes out and people like see it or hear it and have feedback and you're like you're getting immediate recognition or something but like with something like a script or like a writing project it can stay in this like vault for months years and like you don't know like is it good uh will people like this i mean at a certain point those aren't the questions you should be asking but it just the the lack of feedback is is can sometimes make it like what am I doing? Like, I yeah, <laughs> go, you know what I mean. Or I should like, I should go hang out with my friends. Stop being such a fucking weirdo. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it pays off though. It sounds like it's paying off because tell us about like the process of which you like finished the script and shopped it around. Like, what? So the how'd you make that happen? That's correction huge. Correction is that
1: it's a short story.
0: Short story. Short Sorry, my bad. Yeah.
1: So the first two things um I wrote when I came out here were like scripts uh but then kind of like from day one everybody was telling me like dude it's not about actually like trying to sell a script it's like get the idea down in a short story it can literally be like a reddit post can literally be like a five page just concept just like get the idea down and then like if somebody likes it then they'll like pay you to turn it into a script and I was like mm-hmm. I'm a screenwriter dude like that's <laughs> tell a hell of a painter to become like a a pencil draw, you know draw yeah. something like a little bit more like precious about it but then after those, fir- those first two scripts went nowhere I was like all right <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah it's a 30-page short story and basically um uh wrote it with my writing partner and we um kind of like off of the strength of our first two things got agents uh who are not a necessary step to the process but like kind of are honestly to like get your material in front of the uh, or just more easily get your material in front of the people who can do something real with it. So, with our short story, you know, once we got it to a place, we were comfortable with it. Shared it with the agents, and they're like, "This is something we can we can run with." Um, and so, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. Like when you have a new a new piece of writing, you can try and get a you can try and get a piece of talent attached, like a star. You can try try and get a director like uh yeah this one's going to be directed by you know steven spielberg so like that, that's why you should be excited whatever it is um w- we went to producers first production company it's just like this person's gonna bring the film to life um and so just like through the relationships our agents had sent the piece of material to like i don't know 30 maybe
0: oh wow okay
1: producers and then we got calls with like i don't know eight of them maybe and then it was like three of them at the end of the day like wanted to work with us so we ended up picking two that like wanted to work together so now we have like two producers and were like adapt so my writing partner and I are like adapting the short story into a feature length script now, like with their mentorship, essentially. And so these are producers who have made like Deadpool, John Wick, Arrival, Bird Box.
0: Oh fuck, that's cool.
1: Comic Blonde. So it's kind of like in this more like action sci-fi world, which is like where this story, that that's like kind of the space that it belongs, I would okay. say. Yeah.
0: Dude, that's tight. So is this like ideal? You wanted it to be in a sci-fi vein or a future? Yeah, like the dystopian? original reference
1: was like this movie, Children of Men. Uh, oh, okay. Which- kind of like this like gnarly dystopic like near future London and we wanted something like that in America the our story talks a lot about um you know just like trends that we're witnessing in society right now and trying to imagine like what if we do nothing about this what would the world look like in 50 years Mm -hmm. so like you know climate change is a big uh part of the film and just like what the state of the world looks like and then like what living in america uh looks like just if we kind of do nothing right now and also yeah, like, okay. just noticing like american society becoming like more and more um uh fragmented and like diff- like different realities forming here and uh the Gaps between the haves and have-nots growing wider, and like, um, and what if if we don't do anything to like come together uh, financially, economically, uh, but not like politically, spiritually, like what what does that America look like? So yeah, and then it's also like we're dealing with like a corrupt. Kind of authoritarian president in this in this film, uh, which is maybe now kind of dating itself in a way. <laughs> it uh, was really
0: it was relevant, you know. Like
1: I have a feeling it's not the end of that for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the general kind of like world we're in here
0: okay i kind of like that it sounds like uh the way black mirror takes like these like current issues like you're saying and what if we do nothing about it and what if it gets exacerbated to a point of no return like yeah Yeah.
1: and like like... technology similarly to black mirror there's like a lot of like trying to imagine what you know what is what does the phone look like like in 50 years from now and uh It's like inside of us now. We don't like. We're not gonna hold this thing anymore. anymore, Yeah. Probably just like integrated, um, (laughs) and like you know. So having like fun with some of those questions.
0: Yeah, Um, that's that's super cool because a lot of like sci-fi from the past actually impacted the technology we have today. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the ideas (laughs) of like the phone or like things that we have like The the phone kind of thing.
1: Right. When that ends up inside of us you guys will be able to thank me for what happens, <laughs> essentially because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm the first to come up with that idea. I'm the first to invent it. And it's-
0: The it's, symbiosis of technology in humanity is, is going like when we are one with robots, you know, it's like, yeah. Well, that's super yeah. interesting. Thanks for telling us kind of about the story. and Yeah, I'm not
1: sure how much I can reveal, you know, my, my writing partner and I are still like- in the drafting phase of the, the feature length script but hopefully one day you guys will all be able to see the movie and then this will all make sense
0: fuck yes it will so yeah. since you moved to LA you were working for the director like can you kind of explain your process of like how you you work for yourself now mm-hmm You sold the short story and like, what does a day look like for you? Like, how do you stay focused when what you're saying earlier, you know, it's like this big ass thing you're working on and like, yeah, you've got a little bit of a success, but it hasn't like come to fruition yet.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it helps my, it helps to have a writing partner for me. I, there are a lot of writers who obviously the majority are like solo actors. Um, but I, um, I get a lot of the drive to be disciplined by like not wanting to let him down. Uh, you know, cause we say every day, like we're going to write from nine to six, like typically is what, what we do. We treat it just like a job, not like inspiration didn't come today. So I'm not going to write. We just like get down and like, uh, get on typically it's Google docs uh like every day at nine and if 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 it were just me i would probably like let myself down uh and be like ten's fine i'll get on a 10. you know and then like oh but uh there's like uh that my friend's in town so i'll get uh coffee with her and then i'll start writing whatever but having like another person to be accountable for um I would, I would much sooner like, you know, uh, let myself down than I would than I would let him. Um, so we kind of like, I think, keep each other accountable, and um, yeah. So I mean, literally, just like in terms of what it looks like, it's like getting up every day, you know, every other day, maybe going on a bike ride or a run, just trying you know, healthy body, healthy mind, and um make a little breakfast and then like sit down like in this room where I'm at like my like breakfast the breakfast nook as we call it and then uh call Dan and Dan and I are on the phone uh all day long and we just uh you know we're looking at the same document in real time and working on it whether it's like script or it's like we're just brainstorming for something or we're doing research or we're um you know whatever how often
0: it how often are you in contact with like the producers you know or like the mentorship aspect of people who are kind of giving their input of where they want you know this
1: for, for full the thing short- to go the short story, we're probably there's probably like a check in like once a week to every two weeks about it. We're like just in the in kind of notes phase right now on that. Um, so it'd be like a, a Zoom call, kind of like about the character arc of our protagonist and like you know here are some issues that we kind of think we should you know address. And so can you guys take some time and like come up with some ideas for like you know what her how she's gonna like change and like how we can make this change more interesting throughout the course of the film whatever it is and then like dan and i go away interesting work on that and then come back
0: yeah so what's the process like do you guys have a deadline for when this needs to be done and what happens after that like you know when do at what point in the movie making process do they bring on stars when do they
1: yeah no start deadline filming. for this this is also just like one of maybe four things we're juggling right now so, so like as writers like you and any creative I feel like you have to you can't really be putting all your eggs in one basket at any one given time so you know because film projects like will just start and stop Uh, kind of randomly depending on like what's going on at the the other side of the spectrum for uh, any number of people along the way oh the producers are really busy this month because they've got another movie that's like filming in Korea so we're not going to be able to give you notes on this so then it's like okay well we don't want to just sit around for a month and do nothing so like let's turn our attention to like getting this TV show idea out that we talked about or like there's this other project that came to us you know, two weeks ago, like maybe we should look at that and like, you know, come up with like a pitch or an idea. So it's always about juggling, you know, a few things at once and, and like different projects will take lead kind of based on, all right, right now this one's hot, this one's like moving. And so let's put this one on the back burner because there's like no urgency to that. And then when this thing slows down, you guys go to the other one. Um, uh in terms of the short story project there's no deadline right now uh we're just kind of like trying to get the script right um what will probably happen next is like with the producers once we have a script we'll try and make a package so that means attaching like a star to our movie has like a female protagonist So like trying to get like uh i don't know we've talked about like amy adams or sandra bullock or like zoe kravitz or tessa thompson some one of these like young or not necessarily young but just like a-list stars that would bring uh you know added value to the to the the movie and then like a filmmaker you know some director who's like vision like whoa imagine it like told through this person's eyes like the story now i'm starting to see it. it's got this star directed <laughs> by this person kind of looks like this and then you sell that like package to a studio so then it's like your paramount sony netflix amazon uh whatever there's like dozens of them um and you try and get somebody to give you like you know whatever it is, tens of millions of dollars to go off and make this thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where we're at with it right now.
0: Okay, so there's no timeline. So like you expect, you know, this'll be a real thing, something with legs in like a year or two. We're
1: we're hoping that like the script is gonna be done by like February, March, maybe. Okay. And then, you know, maybe it's like packaged and sold to a studio by like I don't know May, June, and then like filming turn around on something like this maybe like two years from that point.
0: Holy shit! Okay.
1: Yeah, a year or two. You know, well, it's just also bizarre. Like, who knows with COVID what the world's gonna look like? Will we be able? Because this is gonna be like a this is a big film. It's not a small film. Like the budget's like at like fifty million. For
0: it. <laughs> oh my so, god. I mean that's sweet but yeah.
1: Yeah so it's like can we like make a movie that's of that scale next year you know because like yeah. it's just there's just so many more like complications in production now due to due to COVID so uh it's we're waiting to see what the reality of the situation is going to be at that point in time, but it's like one thing at a time, we got to like get the script done. Like we're still like so far, we're at the very early stages still in this process. You know? Yeah. There's so much has to happen to make a movie. So many people have to say yes. Yeah. And like just villages have to come together to move mountains. It's really insane.
0: It's actually impressive that so many movies get made with such an intense process, with such long lead times. Like, by the time this movie comes out, you might have written, like, ten more scripts by then.
1: forgot about it, honestly. Like, you know, <laughs> like, what it is. You're
0: like, like oh, thanks, old me. That was a good idea. I Literally. forgot.
1: Like, yeah. No, it's insane. It's, it's like, the process just moves, like, molasses, too. So, it's like, it can be frustrating, and, you know, I, I try and, like, I was for a while, I was writing poetry, just because, like, with screenwriting, I'm like, damn, this thing is, like, not even gonna be, like, seen by anybody, maybe ever, and, like, if it, I'm lucky, like, the one in a million chance it does get made, that's, like, not gonna be for three years, you know? So, is just insane, because, like, when you're a painter or something, your art's just, like, there it is.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Take hey, a look if
1: you want. It's right there. You know what I mean? It's like the product there, or a photographer, or whatever, musician. But like, yeah, you're just in the fucking lab with the stuff for so long, and no guarantee that it's like you're you're just making a blueprint to a like an architect making a blueprint to a house.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's what a script is. But it's like it ain't a house. (laughs) Ain't a house.
0: Yeah, it's it's not yet so what are your future plans for this career like poetry you're gonna write a book next like
1: you know, Um, what are you
0: gonna do with your writing career
1: i hope to continue to sell things with my partner for the time being we're just like going full bore on screenwriting but we both have like aspirations of directing eventually and the, the goal would be to write and direct our own stuff um. So that's definitely like the next phase like we're going to go into hopefully the next like three to five years maybe taking a crack at that. But right now it's like just getting our sea legs as as screenwriters and trying to get as much experience as we can and just become like master storytellers in that regard. It's like that's the focus right now and then but always keeping like a little eye. Unlike like the main overall goal of like we want to we want to like be the filmmakers you know mm-hmm. we want to be the people that that make the movie not just like come up with the story or whatever.
0: Yeah would you ever go to small screen or like are you interested in TV as all well or is it mostly yeah, like big screen?
1: Absolutely we write TV and I mean it's, it's funny like we're writing these like massive 50 million dollar sci-fi films right now but like both of our interests like are like, you know, small, tiny, American independent cinema mm-hmm. or like world cinema. So like, I, I imagine like once, you know, if, if we're in a place in our careers where we're so lucky and like we could go make a passion project or something that would look like a, you know, I don't even know, like $300,000 indie film, like shot with two people on a road trip in Oregon. You know what I mean? Like,
0: oh, that sounds people. great. Very specific and
1: yeah. Well, you gotta see Old Joy. Old Joy, Kelly Reichardt movie. It's incredible. It's Wait, literally. what
0: is? Say it again. What's it called?
1: It's called Old Joy. Okay. It's uh like from 2006. Literally two friends who like live in Portland who are kind of they like been estranged. They like they're like best friends from college. They like haven't been hanging out recently. They like get together and go on this weekend road trip to this like hot spring in the forest and outside portland and it's like literally two dudes in a car but somehow it's just the most <laughs> stunning movie that like talks about and addresses most important shit like friendship and growing old and how people change and like what like love between friends and between male friends what do we want to do with our lives? And it's, like, that, like, the fact that that's a movie that, like, came out, like, in the same year as, like, Minority Report, you know, which is, like, and those two things are considered, yeah. like, movies. They're, like, the same genre.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: crazy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but... Yeah, so I imagine that ending up somewhere more on the two dudes in a car in the spectrum. I, I like
0: that. Think. That's sweet. Everybody go check that movie out. Um, and just finally, because I know you're short on time, what's your advice for somebody who like, wants to become a filmmaker or break into the industry or like, do what you're doing?
1: Um, I would say don't take advice from me. <laughs> um, but uh, if you absolutely must, um I think like good work really just at the end of the day does get you to where you want to go and it's like about staying like really disciplined with your work and uh kind of not caring if for a long time there's like no positive feedback or like uh, signs of success initially. Cause I, I would do things where I would like get into it for three to six months or something. And if I didn't immediately have like really good reaction or something, or I like wasn't famous overnight I'd be like, I'm not a, I'm not a short filmmaker, I guess. And then just drop <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's understanding it's like a long haul game. There are so many people doing it. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And just like settling in and, and, tr- and trying to find like what the reasons you're doing it. Because it has to mean something for you. And you have to f- uh, have to have something you want to accomplish beyond just like money or fame or like being cool because those things will fucking run out and and you'll get bored and sad but like if you're like oh like I'm actually legitimately interested in talking about this thing and like whether or not anybody wants to hear about it yeah I'm still happy writing about it or like making art about it then that enthusiasm will like carry you to where you need to go to have it be something that somebody cares about And I would also just say like, I mean, it's the cliche thing, but like write what you know, like somebody once told me just like, yeah, like don't, you know, don't try and like, uh, show us something we've never seen before. And if that's like what life is like on your little block, like, you know, in, in Seattle and like the characters there and like what's unique about it, give us that because like, you know that better than anybody else in the world. Like you can take us into those idiosyncrasies or whatever. Don't, you know, don't necessarily try and like do some do something that's like outside of your wheelhouse because well everybody can immediately tell. Yeah. Way, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be exciting. You know what I mean? Like uh like this the suburbs of St. Louis. I think it's kind of boring, maybe, but like somebody else super fascinated by that world and I'm like really you, <laughs> you know what I mean but like yeah what's boring what might seem boring to you like to somebody else is totally fascinating somewhere else in the world and you just gotta like just write authentically about that or or whatever it is the writing or documenting or um you know it's somebody's gonna be interested if it's coming from an authentic place that we that we uh that we don't know about
0: yeah, something that you care about and know a lot about. And it's funny because, yeah. like, if the movie lead times take so long, like, that is a bummer. But on the flip side, like, music, movies, TV, like, that shit is around forever. Like, that is legacy. That will, like, precede mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? Like, long after right. you're gone and people have forgotten your name, like, your ideas, like, in a story can persist. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of beautiful.
1: That's why yeah. I try to get into it. I was, I was like, you know, uh I'm only gonna be fulfilled if I like leave some like really amazing beautiful piece of art that like lasts beyond my name and like when I die and it's like a weird way to like live forever but now that I'm here I'm like I don't know I don't know I like (laughs) to feel that way I like rather just have fun while I'm on earth but I'm here I'm too deep in so that's what we're doing
0: totally yeah no and that's kind of like why i have a podcast i'm like you know if i give someone an idea that helps them like even just one fucking person i never met like that that was worth it you know like that's yeah. rad so mm-hmm. we're all just trying to leave the world a better place than we found it
1: aren't we so good
0: yeah we're just As people we're out here yeah always trying to be better humans they don't are deserve dynamic us, but we're,
1: <laughs> we're giving them us anyway welcome. We're generous <laughs>
0: yeah well do you have anything else you want to add about writing life covid living in la before we go uh
1: i guess we're gonna have to do part two to get into my dating life because that was kind of the saucy aspect of this <sighs> thing i was looking forward to but
0: yeah you're right i'm, okay. I'm kind of out
1: of time actually i'm late, I'm late all late. right
0: we're gonna do a part two um about matt's dating life because he is off the streets of la and, oh my and- god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, me. cool. So yeah, we'll pick this up. But uh thanks for being on Matt. STL dot Matt on Instagram if you guys are curious and want to check him out. And um yeah, thanks for being on Butterfly. I appreciate you.
1: It's my pleasure. Please edit me to make me sound good, okay?
0: Okay, sounds good. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Bye.
1: Bye.